Hi, Dragomir. How are you? Hello, hello. Hi, how are you doing? Good to speak to you. Good to speak to you. As you see, I'm in, I'm in the office today. Um, welcome to the kind of leaders series. And as I always do, a bit of an intro to kind of all of this. Um, GCS is a technology recruitment brand. Um, we uh, work mostly in kind of US and Europe. Um, and what we try to do is bring together expert talent in innovative companies, of which Jerry Pyramid, of which Dragomir is the CEO and founder, is definitely one. Connect is our way of building communities, so bringing together expert talent and innovative companies together in this community that we do online and, and physical events. The Leaders series is a, a series of um, podcasts and uh, video interviews that we've done since over the last three months, talking to leaders within industry about how they're dealing with the situation that we're in and now really how they're dealing coming out of it. And, and Dragomir, we've been speaking before, it's got some really interesting kind of technology insights and in how we can do that. Dragomir Kovacevic is the, as I said, the CEO and founder of J Pyramid. Uh, J Pyramid is an IT consultancy focused mainly around data, AI, and how to work with their consultants in order to, to build much better solutions within that. Um, he's got 20 years uh, experience um, and is a very, very insightful, and I'm going to say it now, a very intelligent man. I've had a few conversations with this man and he's He's taught me a lot, so I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to hear what he's got to say. Um, Dragomir, um, obviously that's my introduction. Can you tell me a little bit more about kind of what interests you, what kind of where you're coming from uh, at the moment within the industry and, and, and how the, maybe the last few months have been for you in terms of your business and, and the experience, yeah. as it were? So. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, David. Thank you for the introduction. Um, so, as I said, uh, JPermit is uh, focused uh, mainly in the domains of uh, big data analytics and artificial intelligence. Uh, we as a company, uh, we tend to look always towards uh, new technology developments and how to use them, uh, all these new innovations, how to use them and to reduce the cost uh, for the customers and to improve uh, the delivery of, 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 uh, of these uh, software projects. Um, so over the years, uh, we've seen different spikes in technology, different movements from uh, on-premise to cloud. And now we can see also hybrid solution type solutions. And uh, all of these type of technologies are becoming, uh, especially the cloud ones, becoming more relevant now in terms of cost reduction. So there's always, we're looking at cost dimension, uh, how to utilize those technologies. Um, over the years, uh, we had a slow growth. Uh, we had uh, some challenges uh, uh, with, with new growth, sudden spikes, uh, uh, like every other business. Uh, how uh, we learned how to deal with them, um, and also uh, other challenges we had are in the domain of clients suddenly switching from technology A to technology B and mm. from on-premise to cloud, and then suddenly you need new skill sets. Uh, for uh, your staff uh, and how do you actually replace or how do you augment or how do you upgrade the skill sets with your staff. So the way we uh, dealt with those problems is that we used uh, companies like yours, you know, to help us out in the short term to identify uh, uh, advocate staff uh, to, 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 to allow us actually to evolve the knowledge and experience with existing staff. So that was very helpful and um, uh, GCS has helped us a lot in the past as well. Thank you for that. That's <laughs> in great. A, in a, what we tried to do. Um, 
and, and, and that's a great experience we had with, with your company and the approach we used uh, uh, there. Now, during this COVID crisis, um, yes, uh, the, the, the volume of business has gone down. Um, there is an element of uncertainty and we could call fear from the clients. They don't know what to do in Q2, Q3, Q4. In a way, is the industry going? Uh, 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 the customer demand. There, there, there are a lot of questions around that as well in the industries. Um, so now, although these challenges are sudden and temporary, um, had different crises in 2000 and 2010, and each of them had kind of a similar mix of like some uh, uh, loss of faith in, 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 in the products <laughs> and the uh, clients disappearing. But the technologies tend to always mutate in those times of hardship and they tend to kind of react, transform. React to the actual problem, you know? The, 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 yeah. yeah. Might, have, might not have made the problem, but technology adapts, you know, like we talk about kind of video conferencing, you know, video tools have, have, have react, reacted and and been pushed forward by this problem, haven't they? You know? Correct, uh, correct. And also, um, uh, I remember when I went through 2010 and onwards, we suddenly sort of shift from on-premise into cloud. And then uh, uh, and there was a, s a sudden switch. And then people started um, uh, cutting costs through different cloud techniques. But then as the time went by, we re realized we have issues around data security. Ways data residing, uh, and then once that's been solved, there were other issues around, like our backup data again. Mm -hmm. And suddenly there was then a shift, like, well, we need to have some data on premise which we can't share with anyone, or we do, want, we do not want to risk to share with anyone. And then there is a data that we we are happy with doing that, and that kind of created a different type of hybrid systems that we experienced as well in the last uh, ten years. And, yeah, that's right. and it looks like these hybrid type uh, solutions are more beneficial to the business in order to cut costs down. Again, quite, quite, quite a lot of um, people that I've spoken to on these leader series when they kind of come in with solutions um, are able to, to, to bespoke systems and solutions. And I think you've talked about how J Pyramid can do that quite well. You know, do, you, do you think that's important for, for business leaders and people developing solutions to be quite kind of open in the types of solutions they provide now. Uh, yes, and uh, for example, we, we've seen the revolution with open source technologies and how they influence the whole uh, IT landscape. And uh, now um, the bespoke type solutions, for example, we have a data platform that uh, has been built on uh, uh, open source uh, software we call it a data tachyon platform, DTP. And uh, the technologies are known. Uh, the technologies are used by the big uh, companies like Facebook and Google over the years. So there's some form of stability. Uh, in terms of support, uh, there's a big community there as well. So when we started promoting that type of technology, the main reasoning behind it was uh, on-premise type delivery first. Yeah. And then... Uh, uh, there was uh, the requirement to deploy a similar thing in the cloud uh, second. And the main reason behind the cloud one was that like clients are finding that, for example, 
company X offers 60% storage reduction if you buy it for, let's say, three years. But company Y offers 75% discount on storage. Now, suddenly, uh, if you have large projects, if you're a big company, corporate, that means like maybe 10 to 100 million pound savings uh, in, in infrastructure costs. And uh, suddenly that, then this type of a bespoke open source solution became more attractive, like, oh, you mean I can move it from uh, cloud provider X to cloud provider uh, Y? Yes. And then what you use them, use bespoke cloud technologies like security that they lock you in on that one, but they don't lock you in on a lower level of business application, business workflows, uh, business logic, and all that that can stay within your domain. So, uh, and as time evolved, we, we, uh, some clients then came to the conclusion, oh, look, you know, we have such storage, let's say, demands, and in terms of cost, it's really high. So why don't we do, let's say, 80% of it on-premise and push only 20% into the cloud? And through that process, save a lot of uh, cost on storage, on processing, and so on. We've seen that with um, artificial intelligence type applications, especially with developers saying like, oh, today I need to run uh, 20 different uh, runs, and each run is three hours, for example. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you do that in the cloud only, you suddenly realize, oh my God, you know, you are taking a lot of data, moving a lot of data, doing a lot of experiments, and suddenly the costs go through the roof. If you have 40, 50 developers, that is a lot of cost. So the solution to that was to actually use something like our platform on-premise, do all this AI, data wrangling, data cleaning. And once it's ready, you actually push more the pre-production, production type or test type things into the cloud in order to reduce the cost. Some people just do production in the cloud and the rest yeah. of development is on-premise. But you need a form of a hybrid solution for that and a flexibility to move between in the cloud uh, environments. And that's why we slowly evolved. It kind of evolved organically. It was more on demand or need. It was, how can I reduce cost for development? How can I reduce cost for testing? And then we ended up with a platform that helps clients to do that. And, um, and so it's- That's to the yeah. business, I guess, and how you're kind of moving forward. I mean, you, you talked about kind of the importance of data, the importance of delivering solutions. And actually one of the key things you've talked about is cost, which sometimes, you know, when you're talking about kind of data warehouses and data itself, people mm -hmm. might not necessarily think about, because obviously they're quite abstract costs, aren't they? They're not headcount costs. They're yeah. not like, this piece of kit cost. It's kind of ongoing kind of subscription costs and mm -hmm. an, an amount of use costs. Mm -hmm. For those who don't really understand that like, we're building a data warehouse or something, like that, what are the kind of key things to watch out for when it comes to cost? You know, if I'm looking to, to build this now, what's actually going to cost me money? Yeah, so if, um, let's look at it from a practical hmm. point of view. Uh, uh, let's say I'm uh, uh, developing a solution and uh, with uh, cloud company X, your solution, let's say, costs uh, £35 per hour, uh, per terabyte, sorry. And uh, for the solution, you need uh, 50 terabytes of storage, for example. Yeah. And uh, now, if you develop everything in the cloud, during the day, I create different experiments, uh, whatever they are, for, especially for AI. And I, uh, one, I turn one terabyte becomes maybe five terabytes because I'm creating a lot of test data and all that. So suddenly, uh, that type of cost you didn't actually calculate originally. You know, when management calculates, they say like, 
oh, we have a three, uh, um, budget for three months for five people and budget is X fixed and we got the budget now. And uh, what I haven't calculated is all these kind of uh, fluctuations uh, of, of data. And suddenly the costs go up by 15, 20% depends what you do. So some people try to say like, well, we need an extra room. Uh, some go up to 25%, but that might not be enough. So you have all these variables, especially with storage, that uh, can surprise management if they have short-term type uh, uh, projects. Even in a, in a six-month type project or a year project, they, they all have the same issue. They, didn't, uh, pro they couldn't project the volume of data they will need for the whole cycle to complete. And, and am I right in saying that the more successful, the, kind of the more the, the, it's utilized, the more projects you're running on it, the, the better job you do, the more data you'll use. So it's almost mm -hmm. kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Is if you do a good job and get everyone to use it or get your customers to use it, then it's going to cost you even more money. Yes, yes. And, um, and um, uh, uh, I wanted to actually also add uh, a, a dimension of data cleaning. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, in terms of cost. So initially, a lot of companies, uh, I would say, a lot of them would say probably 80% uh, of them would say that the data they receive is actually not clean data. It has a lot of things they don't understand, or it's been lost, or it's uh, in a ready state. And all that data preparation analysis actually creates extra volumes of yeah. value cleaning. So this is another hidden cost, for example. I received one terabyte of data, started cleaning it, but I have like 12 versions of it because I need to discuss with people what to do with each version. So suddenly it's, I've got maybe extra five terabytes of data. Nobody ever dreamed of that one. And that's on small scale. If you expand that to a corporation level, then you're, you're talking big numbers. So you have the development cycle that creates data and the cleaning. Well, I guess. You mm -hmm. talking about voice and things like that as well, that adds to the, the complexity. Oh yeah, that, 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 I mean, for example, in AI, we are dealing with image recognition and images are the heaviest ones, uh, especially if you have video streaming. For example, if you're streaming data from um, cameras, uh, be it on train stations, airports, whatever, uh, the volumes are horrendous. And uh, you first to get the first version of it, and then you have to have a backup of that. And then you have to work on the development, and then test, and so on. And before you know, you have like 10 versions of the same data, but that's all in terabytes. And then you've got to be clever with it, because otherwise you just got the data and you're not actually doing anything with it. You're just holding it and paying for it, aren't you? You know, you uh, built this yes. warehouse be clever so uh, yes we actually did have one client where they had a data set um and uh they used it well by the time they moved it stored it and everything else it was about four months before it was ready to be used by anyone and in four months you know things change and uh, people more uh, key stuff might be leaving you name it and like things like covid happens you know and the whole thing that was done let's say four to six months ago, it's all kind of a wasted. And uh, yeah. so time, like time to market or data to market, data to project becomes very uh, relevant. And uh, for example, with our platform, we provide real-time data processing, uh, not just by batch. So whatever you get, you try to make it immediately available to the end consumer, be it development projects uh, or, or, or other systems. So, so the, uh, the, the, 
And that actually comes down to data strategy. Uh, what I've noticed, a lot of organizations uh, have uh, uh, one way or for one reason or another, the data strategy is not clean, uh, clear, uh, uh, which links them to cloud strategy. So 80% of them would complain like, oh, data is not clean, it's not ready, it's missing this and then the other because the data strategy is uh, not clear uh, because between the departments they couldn't agree because of the traditional silos. And, uh, and then the cloud strategy, are we using, going to use one cloud, multi-cloud, uh, hybrid, uh, things like that. And all these things affect the cost in the long run and delays any um, uh, project delivery, successful project delivery. Uh, uh, companies that want to go online, for example, it takes a long time from traditional to new and so on. And you can hear in the media, some companies are going down because they're in, they're in actually transforming time. Uh, no, that's right, yeah. yeah. You can see it in, in the high street, you can see it in kind of normal yeah. kind of area of business finance where, where they weren't prepared and, and they weren't prepared for this change. Obviously, this change is very, very exciting. And, and thinking about this change, I mean, you, you yourself have obviously been in, in this industry for quite some time. What, what, what kind of challenges have you seen in the past that have kind of prepared you, one, as a businessman and two, as a kind of solutions provider for, for now? Well, you know, what, what sort of you know, problems yeah. have you had to deal with? Mm -mm. Um, so we have uh, um, the, the, the uh, I would say several parts to it one is like uh, growth when you yeah. suddenly grow and to manage the, the, the staff and technology that's with them uh, training of staff uh, that's another one upgrade of knowledge uh, and then we, we as our, our strategy is that we always look at two years ahead, right, okay. what's going to happen in two years time? And then, for example, if you look at technologies now. You predict this uh, a year ago then, Dragomir. Sorry? Did you, did you predict a pandemic where everyone gets <laughs> Yes. I've asked everyone, no one seems. Yeah, uh, predictive analytics, yeah. I predicted this. But. <laughs> so um, we, are, we are trying to say, see what is the current technology landscape and what is, it, what is going to be current in two years time. So, for example, we are looking at, uh, at a dimension of quantum technology. Yeah. And uh, in 2018, we started looking to that dimension. Just for the uh, uninitiated, for the layperson, maybe like myself, mm -hmm. could, you, could you explain what, what, what we mean by quantum technology? What, what, what is that in compared to, obviously, people understand the cloud? What's quantum? Yeah. So... Uh, Let's try to put it maybe in the uh, domain of AI. For example, if I have an, uh, an image uh, uh, to do facial recognition sure. of your my face, uh, I need compute power. Mm. And, uh, and let's uh, say it takes um, five seconds for uh, infrastructure X to process that image in, in five seconds. And it costs you, let's say, uh, uh, X amount. Yep. Uh, Quantum computing uh, brings us um, uh, a new way of uh, processing data. Uh, the promises are faster processing data. So that that happened in five seconds might be a split millisecond in the future. What that means in, in terms of cost, immediately uh, it means massive reduction in cost. Yeah. So for example, now I can say to you like, you know what, well, I have a team of five people and it takes them two weeks to do a, a model, a predictive model because they need all this data, all this processing, and it takes two weeks, I'm sorry. Yeah. And you will say like, oh, what do you mean? 
you're, you're saying to me we're going to deliver a ready-made system in six months. I can't wait six months. The client wants it in two months. Yeah. So quantum technology will bring that type of uh, like uh, processing capability to process data much, much faster uh, on, a, on an exponential scale. And what happened last year, uh, big companies like Amazon, Google, IBM, Microsoft, they started slowly uh, presenting those technologies to us, offering them, them in one shape or format. And now this year, in 2020, interesting enough, they uh, have cloud uh, uh, services now where you as a company, as a business, can connect to that technology. Like we made a quantum leap from, uh, from on-premise into cloud, from cloud, and then while we're in the cloud into serverless environments, now business rate into, uh, into uh, a quantum probably uh, next year. I would, I would expect next year a much bigger um, uh, uh, number of visible quantum-based business applications just because they need more power, more compute power. And uh, so that, we, that means there will be more usage of the cloud. It means that um, uh, there will be more data. So it's good for big companies that are selling their service. But it's also good for businesses that, where you say like, well, I need to uh, deliver a product in maybe in two months time rather than eight months time. And this kind of technology will allow you to do that. So we are looking, for example, to use that technology in combination with AI for image recognition, uh, so for uh, uh, tracking um, objects on the ground, like for example, ship tracking is a popular one with satellites. We take a satellite image and then do an AI analysis, say, oh, it's ship X. And But if you have a lot of ships, a lot of data, you want to do it quickly. And quantum uh, is one of them that might help us, well, it will help us to process data much, much faster than before. Time to mark. You know, when you hear that, it's like like playing chess or something like that. If it quantum computers that play chess, aren't they against the grandmasters? Yes. Yes. And so we 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 see AI touching almost every part of our activity, whatever we do in the digital space, and that will just increase next year. Uh, and uh, and for that, you would need uh, more compute power. And uh, you will hear much more about it uh, uh, next. And this year already, Amazon has just published its latest version that is now available to general public. So everyone can now access that. So it's already happening. And it's happening at a very fast speed. Uh, like two years ago, they said, oh, that's five to 10 years away. Uh, last year was three years away. And now this year, they're saying, like, well, we're already here. Now, it's just a question of somebody to build this new business application. The last few months has sped up the pace of technology, you know, yeah. the desire uh, for people for change, really. Yeah, and I think, uh, actually, again, it's driven by cost. I think the big uh, players have realized uh, businesses need to somehow reduce cost. Everyone's going to AI again. It's a lot of data, a lot of AI. And in order to do that, one of the ways is actually speed up the processing and reduce the amount of money you pay for processing. And, 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 and businesses like myself, and I'm sure everyone else, they don't care what's it called, quantum or whatever. Yeah. Can, how can you reduce cost for my operation? How can you actually allow me to come out faster on the market to reduce the development costs, support costs, maintenance costs, and increase sales? Yeah. And, I, and you talked quite a lot about the technology side. Obviously, you're a business leader. You provide solutions. Mm -hmm. How have you found the, the last few months in lockdown, you know, running your business? How many people in your business? 
um, uh, about 20 people. And how have you, how have you found that, you know, obviously, uh, you know, working yes. with 20 uh, yeah, we, we had to reduce some numbers uh, uh, there. Um, uh, we, we had to do restructuring. Um, we had to talk to clients again. Um, uh, uh, it was more about how do we uh, work with clients and say to them, this is how you reduce costs. Yeah. Uh, and we want to see, help you how to reduce the costs. By allowing them to reduce the cost, they actually can maintain our numbers, you know. We yeah, that yeah. kind of relationship. So and there's if that challenge. If allows them to do that, then that increases your value, doesn't it? You know, yes, yeah. increases my value and, and survivability as well in this domain. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, you, I mean, for you, I would assume because what you guys are working on is quite quite high level, quite intense. You know, this isn't. If I'm, I don't want to be kind of rude, but this isn't you know your average everyday like IT project. This is quite kind of deep stuff. How, how, how have you best found the way to collaborate without, I guess, sitting around and kind of whiteboarding everything and that sort of thing? How, how, how have you managed to develop these solutions remotely? Um, so because we started already in 2018 with our data platform, and actually our data platform helped us to consolidate a data strategy, a cloud strategy, and, and a kind of a plug and play uh, system. Mm. So we realized as the time goes by, we need to add technology X, there's a new technology X, and we need to throw something out and bring something new in. Mm. So uh, I worked with the team to first define these strategies. So when we now talk about something new uh, or to change something old, because we define a data strategy and cloud strategy and the components software components that we use it makes it easier for us to 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 have these discussions and just yeah. say like oh, okay take comp component x out of it because we build it around the platform and and th and that kind of um solution makes it much easier in terms of management uh, mm -hmm. uh and um so and we expect always some change for us change is normal so every day i expect somebody one of the clients say like no 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 i don't want that I want something completely different. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> or like more recently, actually, um, uh, COBOL. COBOL, when you read about it, it was invented in 1956. And uh, it's something that's super ancient. You know, Most developers don't even know what it is or it exists. And during the uh, COVID time, a lot of people started claiming benefits and whatnot. And like, in the US, it was even in the news there, and it crushed the system. They weren't, they weren't designed to deal with all this kind of influx of data. And in 2017, for example, they, uh, researchers found that that over 200 billion lines of code in COBOL. Our banking system here in the city, uh, 80%, over 80% is still running under the bonnet, deep underground business processes that I. If it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Up. Exactly. And, and then, for example, I'm looking now into that uh, opportunity, uh, ATM machines, 90, over 90%, they're all cobalt-driven under the bonnet, deep underground. Yeah. So uh, we are now, for example, uh, looking into uh, technologies. How can we actually create uh, it easier for those kind of clients to transition from that ancient archaeological system you know, to something that's new? 
what are these bridges? What are these challenges to make it happen? Because these software developers are disappearing. Uh, uh, the new software developers, they don't look at it like, oh, I want to learn COBOL. They don't want that. I want something new, fancy for Korea and all that. So, but the government, uh, a lot of government systems uh, like uh, NHS type, uh, health, uh, energy, uh, uh, water systems, uh, and so on, military systems, they all depend on these engine technologies. And there's a big challenge. How do you upgrade with a lower cost? It's a cost again. What is the path you uh, switch? We talked about clean data before. Are these old legacy systems, would you say, more secure? Is it, I mean, because they're less on the web and internet-based, are they kind of more difficult to hack and that sort of thing? Uh, it, it depends how you, uh, the, 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 the challenge is it depends how you access them because these systems have like layers. So let's say the, the top layer might be a web application and then it goes like through four or five layers. So people could potentially drill down to these layers to access these systems, yeah. So they won't be able to access them directly, but there is a potential for indirect access where they would be vulnerable. And this is another thing, security. Um, uh, uh, for example, HRs are known that uh, a lot of their systems are a bit older and, and there, there are issues around there. Um, and, and, and anything, uh, any, I don't know, systems that were built before 2000 as well have vulnerabilities. And this is the storm coming, you know, security. Uh, we are connecting everything to the cloud uh, where we're creating uh, hybrid systems, we're exposing internal uh, ancient systems uh, to, 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 to security, potential security flaws. For example, in 2018, nobody knew that uh, uh, a chip had a flaw. So although the cloud provider said everything is super secure, don't worry, the chip itself uh, 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 had a flaw. So they had to do a reset and, 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 and a patch. But up to that point in time, the implication is that people could have read all your data uh, uh, if they yeah. knew how to access the systems. So security is a big thing, you know, and, and I've noticed also security strategy is another thing. So we have like data strategy, cloud strategy, and then security strategy. And, and that is something that businesses, um, they talk about it, but it's more, how should I say, on the uh, generic talk, you know. And um, they would then uh, trust maybe provider X, and they would say like, oh, we are compliant with uh, uh, security because client X said so. You know? mm. So that is kind of a, a challenge, I would say, as well. It's not sufficient because, for example, I might say to you, um, security, um, it, this is the security we use, and this is good. But then I don't know all the backend systems and all the engine systems you have, and we, uh, you haven't allowed me to touch on, upon those ones. So the security goes only up to a certain level. So the, yeah. these are the challenges that are coming with new frameworks. So how to deal with all technology, and how to deal with security with the old technology. And we are looking at a different supply chain of companies as well, because, you know, companies now are interrelated, talk about kind of Amazon or a big manufacturer, and they're linked into that supplier, that supplier, that supplier, it kind of goes down, down the line. Yeah. And we are looking, for example, uh, into security technology, they're more in the vein of the cryptographic, uh, what's it called, world. So, for example, if you outsource your systems to be developed somewhere else, or even the production system, uh, the data needs to be in the clear at some point in time. 
and only administrators are allowed to see the data in the clear at that point in time. And that is when the vulnerability uh, is um, there. So we are looking at synergies that would stop even the administrators to see the data. Uh, and there are specific type uh, of technologies that are appearing now on the horizon for that. Uh, quantum plays again an interesting role in, in all of this. So uh, there is a lot of development in using quantum type cryptography to secure your bank accounts and many other things. And that's coming, uh, it's already in development, it's been around for a while, but uh, I would expect in 2021, 21 probably to see more of that type of technology happening. And uh, there are already some noises uh, in the industry whether trying to use it for video conferencing, for example. And uh, you know you need a secure channel, so you need a specific type of technologies. For example, we don't know whether this conversation is intercepted by somebody as it goes around the world over the internet and things like that. People are obviously very interested in this conversation, Dragomir, so I'm sure there's a few hacks <laughs> in there, they're learning all the secrets. <laughs> I mean, if you if you if you were to when you sit down with your clients and the advice that you give to leaders, what are the key pieces of advice that you give to leaders kind of coming out of this sort of planning kind of digital and data transformations now? Yeah, so my my key advice would be to be clear on on a strategy that you want to implement for your IT delivery. Mm. Or so, for example data strategy be clear to your staff to your management this is what we want to do and these are the projected costs so uh, if you have investors the investors want to know what you're up to why would i want to invest in you and you could say like well we have data strategy we have cloud strategy we have security strategy these are the technologies that we want to use these are the projected costs for these types of strategies so it gives uh, confidence to investors uh, to your own staff and that you uh, and a notion that you know what you're doing yes. rather than having kind of a, a, a gray area in all these three uh, domains and um, and and uh, uh, you're bound to fail if you if you stay gray you know uh, in those areas and it, yes. and you can already see in the industry every now and then you see uh, or hear uh, in the press, for example, leaks, you know, security leaks, data breaches. Uh, all these things are happening because there was insufficient data cloud and security strategy in place at the time when they were building those systems. And that's why it's easy for somebody to walk in and, 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 uh, and cause havoc to an organization. Yeah, and that can be bad and it, kind of bad business-wise, but it also could be very bad kind of public relations wise, image wise, that sort of thing, can't it? You know, absolutely. I mean, we've seen the case. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen the case, uh, I, I suppose I can mention that one from the NHS because it was in the public domain. They had to pay out hackers basically to release the records of the patients in the hospital. And, uh, and they had no other option. Um, no. So nobody could help in that context. But then immediately like, oh, okay, what's happening with the security strategy in that hospital you know how yeah. how did that happen and then uh, uh, if you start digging deeper you'll find out very fast you know that uh, the rules were relaxed maybe you know there wasn't clear guidance and so on so 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 we as we go into the future i think security strategy has to be um i would say at the front of, of all your activity yeah uh, in what order you've said you know yeah. developing 
kind of low cost solution. So you're thinking about the cost as well as the tech. Yes. Because sometimes if you make the tech right, then the cost can kind of spiral out of spiral out of control, right? Yes. Yes. And, and it's a combination of things. Uh, reducing costs, for example, on storage, on processing, uh, that's one dimension. But then also you can reduce uh, costs and security as well. There might be some simple measures that you can do in the organization that don't need like super technological approach. Uh, it might be just some basic management of how you're moving data around. You know, uh, Not everything has to be connected and interconnected. Some things could be disconnected and may, may, maybe a bit more safer. Because, you know, if something is disconnected, it's just disconnected. You can't access it. And then, you know, there are different protocols. Like in the past, we, we learned to, uh, how to secure data and uh, um, how to make it uh, safe for everyone, how to deal with data, how to transport data, move it around. That, that's uh, a big issue these days. And uh, there are solutions out there. But again, it depends all on the strategy. If you're clear on the strategy, you know, what is my security strategy? A, B, C. Okay, does that protect my business yes okay let's go to the next step otherwise all your investments that you make into new technologies new deliveries new systems there it's going to be um, worthless if if people just uh, uh, are able to actually hack it and and, and misuse your data and, and again gain access to your data and we hear it every every day uh, one of these big corporations they're uh, they're falling victim to one of these flaws yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's, 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 you know, they're, they're always out there. So, so my last question, you know, obviously kind of coming from a recruitment background and with the changes and also what you're seeing in the changes in technology, how do you think that's going to affect the, the world of recruitment and staffing for, for, for leaders like yourself? Um, I, I can see that technology is continually evolving, continually uh, growing. So... All these new technologies that are coming, then you need new people. So for, from a recruitment perspective, for you guys, it will be a positive development. So you will have new technologies, new recruitment, but then you have legacy systems. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and I, I've never seen even, I mean, if you look at the, uh, um, any programming language that people are using out there, it's still... Uh, they use like in the last what 50, 60 years, it's still being used. So these things don't die. They just kind of transform themselves into maybe a support model. So for for companies like yours, I think I can see a great future. You know, all this new tech coming in 2021, all these new kids coming out of their universities and whatnot, they need to find jobs. They will go to people like you and say like, I have this new quantum capability. I've just done a three years on quantum. I don't know anything about Python anymore. I forgot, no data science, no big data. I just want quantum. And there's a whole brand, a new type of customers, you know, coming out in the, onto the market. And so, so I can see a yeah, great future for recruitment business. Uh, the only other thing that I would notice is like, because we have uh, companies have realized like, oh, I can have staff now, multiple continents in any country on the beach working with Zoom and whatnot. And especially in IT, like, oh, you don't need an office. You don't have to yeah, be in the office. Yeah. I just gave you the requirement, go off and do it. Mm -hmm. So that type of behavior, I think, uh, and capability reduces the cost, again, on, on, uh, on, on the business side. 
but uh, it's a challenge uh, 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 for companies like you, like, oh, that means somebody else will be recruiting those people somewhere else uh, okay. uh, because they're available. Reach, really, of, of like yeah. Being able to that yeah, exactly. And then I've noticed uh, is maybe one of the solutions for a company like yours is that to start looking into the dimension of the social media. How do you use social media? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and all that, and create a social media strategy for global type of recruitment and delivery. And, uh, and uh, to give you a competitive advantage, because through that process, you potentially have access maybe, instead of 1,000 people, you have maybe 50,000 people in your pool that offer those services maybe in a regional level. So, for example, you mentioned originally you're focusing on Europe and the United States, but maybe suddenly Latin America, Africa, Asia, uh, the uh, new territories for you that allow you to do it through a social media uh, strategy, process how you recruit people, how you interview them, and how you deploy them on, onto the market. So this is something that uh, we are also looking into this whole dimension of, of how you use that because... Uh, the new generation, 20, 30-year-old ones, you know, that, that kind of a generation, demographic, they're all there. They're not consuming news or data anymore through, like, standard TV channels or whatnot. Uh, even the, the Netflix generation, it's kind of slowly transforming into the, this uh, new generation social media-only type information. And this is where you catch their attention. This is how you communicate with them. And this is where you recruit them potentially and deploy them into the work, workplace uh, uh, in, a, in a kind of virtual space. So I see those, uh, those kind of movements in the future for recruitment as well. Brilliant, well, fantastic. Well, Dragon, it's great to speak to you. Um, you know, we are obviously at GCS very focused on our kind of social strategy. Obviously one of the key points of that is speaking to great leaders like yourself on these the leader series. So hopefully that's a good start, but it's been really interesting, very enlightening. And uh, I look forward to, to kind of working with you over the coming years and seeing what we put together. So thank you very much. Me too as well. Thank you very much for having me.